1: Well, hello. Uh, Welcome to another session of the Business of Craft Beer Blog Talk radio show. This is Greg Dunkling. I'm here from Vermont. I'll be your host uh, today. Uh, Before I introduce today's uh, guests and topic of discussion, let me provide an overview of upcoming themes for our show this fall. For the next few months, we're excited to have well-known beer industry experts who can paint a picture for what are seemingly contradictory industry trends. Uh, For example, while there were 165 brewery closures last year, uh, up from 116 the year before, and 68 in 2013, as a point of comparison, uh, there are, on the other hand, 997 openings, the largest number in recent history. So our macro view of beer will hopefully paint a somewhat clearer picture of what's going on in craft today. We'll also take a micro view of beer uh, through interviews with a number of Vermont brewery owners and senior staff. We hope to gain insight into their world. While there's much talk about the dramatic slowdown in the industry over the past couple of years, this is Michael, small breweries in your backyard. So be certain to check out our website to either join our live show or certainly listen to a podcast when it's convenient. So now for today's show. So you've taken months or years to research and develop a concrete plan for opening a brewery. Unless you are building a small nano brewery in your garage, you will need substantial amount of financing to make this dream a reality. Today we're delighted to have two guests from United Community Bank they're a major lender to many breweries across the U.S., both startups as well as expansion of existing breweries. I'll mention that if you would like to join the conversation, please give us a call at 929-477-1757 and be certain to hit number one on your keypad, signifying that you have a question or comment. Okay, with us today are two guests from the Craft Beverage Lending Group for United Community Bank, Rick Sayward, Vice President of the Craft Beverage Lending, and Scott Berkner, Senior Vice President and Manager. So welcome, uh, Rick and Scott.
0: Good morning, Greg. Thank you for having us on. This is Rick Sayward. Good morning, this is
1: Scott Berkner. Thank you for having us. Sure enough. Uh, Rick and then Scott, uh, where are you calling in from today?
0: I uh, am calling in from Bettendorf, Iowa, which is right located on the Mississippi River. Uh, the area is called the Quad Cities. So uh, if you're familiar with Moline, Iowa or Bettendorf, Iowa.
1: And this is Scott. I am located in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Well, I think in a minute, we'll uh, have a better understanding of why you guys are located where you are. Um, so let me start with, um, give, us, give us some details about United Community Bank's work in supporting the craft beer industry. Uh, how many breweries have you funded? Are they startups uh, versus expansions? And uh, what do you offer in terms of, terms of financing? Yeah, United
0: Community Bank is a uh, community bank headquartered in Blairsville, Georgia. And the bank actually has a retail footprint in North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, as you mentioned, Scott and I work for the bank's Craft Beverage Lending Group, which actually operates within the bank's SBA lending division. Um, you know, despite United Community Bank being a regional community bank located in those five states, they've decided to build a group and um, build several groups that identify industries that, you know, the bank believes has great potential in, and wants to build uh, portfolios around. Craft beverage industry is, is one of those several industries that the bank has identified. Um, Scott, as you mentioned, Scott and I work with, with startup and expanding distilleries, wineries, and breweries nationwide. Um, you know, we do financing for um, e- equipment, working capital, leasehold improvements, um, real estate, we finance soft costs, uh, other forms of financing that we look at as well are partner buyouts, business acquisitions, um, all, you know, as long as the business operates within that craft beverage industry. Uh, our, fir- our primary financing option is SBA 7A lending. Um, you know, that's our specialty. However, we do look at, um, you know, SBA 504 loans and USDA loans. Um, on occasion Scott I'll let you
2: talk a little bit about
0: what we have funded to date and um, you know give them a little bit of color on that
2: sure thanks Rick so year-to-date 2018 we have funded 18 loans to breweries Uh, we have at least six more enclosed before year end of 2018 and we've uh, done those in 14 different states so uh, those are a mix of startups and expansions. Um, we, have, we do both. Uh, primarily, I, the majority of those are startups. So that's kind of our, um, uh, our focus. Um, we've kind of, expansions, we'll do a, lo- you know, if someone wants to open a second location or a second tap room or production facility, we'll do those as well.
1: Uh, great. <clears throat> so, tell us more about the, the criteria for obtaining uh, funding from a bank. Uh, what are the terms and equity requirements by applicants?
0: Great question, Greg.
1: So, you know,
0: criteria for for our SBA lending group is is going to be similar to what all SBA lenders are going to be looking for. Um, you know, and that criteria in in your application includes a detailed business plan three years of projections um, that includes detailed assumptions how you created that projection or financial model we would be looking for management profiles or resumes for uh, the primary principles in the business and when we're looking at those management profiles we're going to be looking for uh, you know direct industry experience or transferable management experience and you know the other primary thing that we're looking at during the application stage is going to be you know the location does is the location that the brewery is going to be located it will it be viable for that brewery you know now and for their you know future plans? Um, when I mentioned direct industry experience before, uh, you know that I'm typically referring to someone who has worked in in the brewery brewing business in the past either as a commercial brewer operations manager, general manager, or somebody who is very familiar with the day to day operations of a of a commercial brewer. Um, transferable management experience, um, that's what we're looking for if if our, our borrowers or our principals uh, have experience managing a team of employees. They have, you know, managed the hiring process, the termination process. They've managed a profit and loss for either, the, you know, an entire business or a segment of a business, showing that they have skills and experience that can transfer over to managing uh, the brewing brewing industry Um, terms and and payback period are are the SBA we have we look at primary two different uh, options Um, and one benefit of the SBA lending program is that it it offers longer terms than what may be available through conventional financing projects uh, you know a lot of our startup projects uh, our customers are leasing space so um, you know on, on those type of transactions where they're leasing the location SBA allows us to go up to a 10-year fully amortizing term for that loan if the project includes acquisition of real estate that term can be extended up to 25 years Um, most all of our transactions that you know we have Scott has talked about you know doing this year typically include a construction component or a build-out component for for the brewery uh, since we are doing a majority of ours are startups and when we have that construction component, we do allow for an interest-only period at the beginning of the loan for that construction period. So the loan, the principal interest wouldn't actually kick in until, um, you know, the, they have their certificate of occupancy and they're actually um, up and running. And equity requirements for our typical customers, uh, you know, when we're looking at startups, we're, we're going to require a 20% equity contribution from our borrowers. Um, when, we're, when we're looking at the 20%, well, we look at our total project costs. So we're looking at everything that it's going to cost to get the brewery up and running. That includes uh, working capital, equipment, leasehold improvements, soft costs, basically anything that's going to cost you from day one to get that brewery up and running. Um, we look at that as the total project cost. We require the board to bring cash equity of 20%. Um, into the transaction and the bank would look at financing up to 80% of the remainder. Scott, did I miss anything or you want to add anything to that?
2: Yeah, sure, Rick. Thanks. Um, One thing I'd like to add about the SBA loan, the terms and payback period, you know, one of the beauties of an SBA loan is it allows you to finance all use of proceeds to open a brewery or distillery or winery in one loan. Uh, So we always encourage folks to get to us very early in their, the planning process. Um, one of the hard things for us to do is when somebody goes out and raises some money and goes out and buys their brew house and starts construction on a space and then runs out of money and comes to the bank. Uh, most banks, including us, are going to have some heartburn with that as far as jumping in the middle of a construction project that somebody's already started. We're not sure who's been paid what. It's very tough for us to do. So I always encourage anybody listening to talk to us very, very early in your your business planning stage, and we can kind of guide you through what a turnkey SBA loan looks like. So we typically will finance the construction, all the soft costs regarding that architect's engineering. Uh, We will build in the furniture, fixtures, and equipment, inventory, pre-opening working capital, post-closing working capital, um, legal fees, et cetera.
1: Great. Let me, let me push on a couple items that you mentioned. Uh, so you receive a business plan from applicant. You review it. Um, you mentioned, uh, I want to sort of tick off a couple of items here. You mentioned location. Um, what are you expecting in terms of the market research to determine whether the city or location uh, being proposed uh, can handle yet another brewery? What what distinguishes uh, sort of that research, and in your mind, uh, make that a good guess or a good bet uh, versus those that um, perhaps are light on on research.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we're going to be looking for our customers to provide us with detailed demographics of the area. You know, how many people live within a one mile radius, five mile radius, uh, ten mile radius. We're we're looking for other um, drivers in, in the community, too, is are, will the brewery be located in a uh, high-traffic retail location, or, you know, will this be a true destination brewery? Um, Scott, is there anything else I missed on that, or or anything else you'd like to bring up? No,
2: No, I think key is is demographics. You know, primarily the the breweries that we're funding now are in areas where there's growth, right, meaning not just growth in the brewery industry but growth in the area itself. If I use Charlotte, North Carolina, because that's where I live, the growth here is tremendous. The amount of the influx of people moving into North and South Carolina is tremendous. So it just continues to open up opportunities, even though we have quite a few breweries expansion of breweries because there is so much uh, growth in the overall census of folks. The other that really determines some of where we make our decision on uh, not only who the individuals are but the location is going to be our own portfolio. As we build our portfolio for this bank, I've been doing craft beverage lending for about 10 years. So with this bank particularly, we're going to be looking at the states we're in, how many breweries we're doing in that demographic area, and at some point the bank is going to say, well, that's probably enough in that area. You know, we don't want to be over concentrated and do 15 breweries when there's only 20 in the whole town. That makes sense. Yep.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, The other item is sort of the team. Uh, When you look at uh, the people who are going to pull this off, um, uh, clearly um, folks have different strengths and, um, I guess how many people do you see coming forward that are um, putting together the kind of talent around them? They may have brewing experience, but they may not be at the level that's going to be required. So they go out and find a, a head brewer uh, uh, to lead up the operation. They may find somebody in finance. I mean, are you, are you, are you looking for people who have a real sense of how to build that team and have experience, maybe in other industries, to to uh, indicate to you that this this planned new brewery is going to be successful? Yeah,
0: when we're looking at the management team, you you kind of nailed it there. We we look at you know all components. So if we have a uh, an applicant that maybe a home brewer, uh, but has experience managing a team and and managing a P&L, what we may, you know, want to see in their plan is, are they hiring a head brewer? If not, if they're going to be the head brewer, are they going to go out and seek, um, you know, help from a consultant for the first 12 to 18 months to help them, you know, get a, a standard operating procedure down, and and get all the proper, um, you know, switching from a home brewer to a, a commercial brewer scale. Make sure your recipes scale up right, all those type of things. And if it's the opposite way, if um, you know we, you know, our applicant is a commercial brewer and maybe they don't have the experience of running a, a P&L or have uh, experience managing. A team from an HR standpoint, we may ask you know are you partnering yourself with um, uh, an industry specific accountant that knows the the beverage industry and that can help manage um, the the financial side of the business, or are you bringing in um, a, a minority business partner that that brings that strength to the part uh, to the partnership and to the project? Scott, is there anything else you'd like to add
2: I think you nailed it a lot of uh, probably some of the most successful deals I've had that's in my portfolio. Uh, the owners are not the head brewer uh, as Rick had mentioned they they know enough about it they've home brewed uh, but they have other correlating skills to running a business and not necessarily just brewing beer and cleaning uh, running the front of the house and and, and working with banks and and other uh, folks. so those have been actually very, very successful. Uh, One of the things we do require on a transaction like that is that we would ask them to at least, once the head brewer is identified, that they would put them under an employee agreement for at least up to one year, um, you know, to protect the ingredients and and everything proprietary to the business. Majority of the folks coming to us have a good legal team, and a lot of that is already in place. Um, So we do see both sides of it. We uh, recently had gotten some deals that are some very seasoned head brewers at at other other breweries, and decide they finally want to move out into an ownership role on their own. So mm-hmm. we've also done those. And they'll mm-hmm. usually partner themselves with somebody that has those other skills that we're looking for as far as management and hiring and firing and, and uh, working with banks and and hiring, you know, hiring and firing is a big part of it. So uh, a lot of the deals we're doing, there's multiple partners. They all bring a different skill set to the table. Um, so that's one of the things we are strongly looking at early on in the in the process is who's the team who who you know who are we looking at that's going to be coming on the loan together to own the company?
1: so sort of looking backwards and sort of flipping that question um you've you have eighteen breweries that you've you've funded. Um, are there any sort of standout issues that um, that are often the weak link in being able to pull off the 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 brewery pro- proposal um, without naming names just uh, you know what is it that for people who are thinking about starting a brewery what should they be paying attention to as they build out their plan
0: yeah you know one thing Go ahead, Ray. oh sorry Scott one thing that comes to mind for us is when we get an applicant that comes in and let's say there's ten owners and each owner owns ten percent of the business but none of those owners are going to have an active uh, role in the day-to-day operations of the business and they're going to be hiring a head brewer and maybe they're going to be hiring a general manager for the front of house business. You know, we, we don't, that's, that's a business model that we necessarily probably can't get behind because it's more, we view it more of as an investment for those 10 owners versus a, you know, a business, you know, a business that they are going to be actively working in. Um, you know, that, that comes to mind. That's something that, you know, our bank necessarily wouldn't pursue. And we believe that, you know, if if there is going to be someone managing and operating the business, they need to have significant ownership in the business. Um, another another component that, you know, when we're looking at the business plans and, and the project itself is the size of the, uh, you know, the brewing equipment. What, what happens where, you know, Scott can speak to this a little bit more too is um, you know the typical size of brewing equipment that we're we're seeing and that we projects that we're very comfortable with are in the range of the five, seven, ten, fifteen, twenty barrel systems. You know if we get much smaller than the five barrel systems, um, what we've experienced in the past is past is a lot of times those breweries are brewing great beer. Um, they get up to capacity so quickly, yet you know they they may not have that cash flow in in their business to go out and get that second loan or that expansion loan within the first, you know, one to two years or three years once that system's met capacity. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, So
0: those are two things that come to mind right away. Uh, Scott, anything else?
2: Yeah, uh, Rick, I think hit it on the head. You know, small equipment failures, I guess what I call it, is is they will be brewing and brewing and brewing and brewing. We know, what a long and tiring process that can be, but the cash flow is not there for a bank debt. Uh, the second one that we've seen some um, some heartburn in the industry is then uh, uh, people to jump in quickly to signing a lease agreement that may not be really uh, formatted properly or spelled out proper legally and uh, a lot of these uh, breweries take off do very well, and the landlords start to see that uh, you know that weekly traffic in there and they want to be part of it and then the lease when they start to renegotiate the lease, the escalation periods can put these guys out of business. So we encourage folks to start working with their realtors or landlords early, at least get an LOI spelled on the lease. You want to have at least a 10-year lease spelled out. Know what those escalation periods will look like. uh, Negotiate all that now instead of going to something very short-term, and then year two or three the landlord just tacks on, you know, because they see the growth and the, the success of the brewery. They, they can put you out of business and because they technically want to take over the brewery. So that's mm-hmm. something I would just definitely looking into. We hear that a lot from a lot of our brewery attorneys we work with that are really looking at those leases very, very hard uh, for their, you know, their borrowers.
1: Great. Let me come back to a couple of uh, related questions in just a moment. But let me take a moment for our sponsor, uh, the Business of Craft Beer Program at the University of Vermont. If you've dreamed about one day opening your own brewery, or perhaps you want to get out of your cubicle and apply your skills in craft beer, an industry that you have a great passion for, our program was designed uh, to help you accomplish this goal. Your instructors are craft beer experts from across the U.S. and Canada. Each class has eight to ten industry leaders to guide You're learning across the business side of the craft industry. To learn details, you can visit our Facebook page at the UVM Business of Craft Beer or give us a call at 800-639-3210. Our winter classes start in January, late January, so register now to save your place. You'll also see profiles on our website of people just like you who had a dream of one day launching their brewery or employed in the industry in beer sales, marketing, or operations. So I want to go back um, to something you said earlier, which is, um, you know, I've read a number of, of uh, brewery business plans uh, in our program, people, students who are putting those plans together. Um, and I wanted to um, ask you about the projection, uh, production and sales projections that you see. Um, how do you assess whether, these are pipe dreams or are based in reality. Yeah. So uh, you know,
0: what we're when we're first scaling through the uh, the projections, uh, you know, the first document that I look for besides the projections is going to be uh, the assumptions. So the supporting document which uh, provides um, all the Background information that went into the projections. For example, what is the pricing going to be um, for their, for all of their, you know, their pints, their flights, um, their crowlers, their growlers? Uh, make sure that the pricing is in line with what we typically see in the industry. Um, and then, you know, we're going to be looking at: are they going to be? Do they, they want to produce uh, 300 barrels per year, 500 barrels per year? And kind of just back into those numbers, make sure that there's those numbers make sense. And then once we have a good understanding of those numbers, we then go back to the the demographics. Um, you know, is a is a, a ten thousand or a thousand barrel uh, craft brewery makes sense in a small town that may only have ten thousand people, maybe not. Um, you know, but if you know if that's in a larger larger um, demographic area, that might make more sense. So we we look at that, make sure that those two things match up. And then you know going down, we make sure that the, uh, the all the margins are in line with the industry, um, you know their gross margin and their net profit margin. And then their operating expenses, uh, we take a look at those to see well do these fit into the other you know, 18 breweries that we've looked at and the breweries that are in our portfolio. Do they are they missing some expenses that may that they may not be aware of, or you know it gives us an opportunity to ask questions if they are missing. You know have you thought about this? If not. Um, you know, you might want to, and if you have, you know, give us an explanation of why it's not included. Um, You know, that's our primary steps. Scott, anything else?
2: I think you've hit it on the head. I think one of the things that will vary right from a state to state or location is going to be just that locations and how expensive is the space. Is this going to be located in a city area where the rents are very high or an older, outside the city where it's an industrial park and you might get a space for $3 a square foot. So that'll have a lot to do with it. The other I look at is um, for me is the salaries, right? Who is, who is going to be the owners, who is going to be on the payroll. When does that start? Uh, A lot of our owners uh, that are coming in to start these breweries uh, luckily right now, a lot of them have day jobs. Right, so they have health benefits are being paid for, so it's not a draw or strain on the new business, so a lot of them will continue to work those day jobs for the foreseeable future, so they're not necessarily building in an owner's salary uh, as an expense, and that's good. it'll give the company a lot of lift. uh, the head brewer is usually going to be included as a salary and then some other team players so that's one of the things I start to look at as we're in the early process is is those expenses are in line with other transactions, similar transactions that we've done.
1: What about the, um, go to market strategy, um, in these plans, uh, you know, self-distribution versus working with a wholesaler or how aggressive are they projecting growth into, uh, other, other parts of their state, their home state, or even into neighboring states?
0: Yeah, a lot of our, uh, customers and, and kind of what we're focusing on and building a portfolio around our um, breweries that are going to be focusing on taproom sales and maybe doing some self-distribution in their local markets during those uh-huh. first, you know, one to three to five years.
2: Um, yeah. You know, the,
0: their plans, a lot of the plans do include um, to go to a, a larger distribution model, probably after that they, what we call own their own backyard or own their market. Um, so, You know, but that's the focus that we're looking for. Is that our our breweries are going to be uh, reliant on the tap room uh, to drive the business? Um, Distribution is probably their second secondary part of the business, and it's first off, it's probably going to be local, um, and then they might look to expand maybe statewide, and and, you know after that, if they're getting into a distribution model, that may be down you know three to five years down the road. Scott, anything else, else?
2: Yeah, no, I, I, Greg. I would say the majority that we're doing now and this year are going to be your hometown brewery that's going to own their town. Um, yep. In the past, we've done some larger deals uh, that have expanded and multi-state across the country, and a lot of the feedback we get has just kind of uh, geared us to become more of the hometown brewery finance, you know, comp- component. The other thing we're starting to see is those uh, very successful breweries that are three or four years old that also don't want to go out multi-state are just opening a second location, maybe in a little bit uh-huh. different demographic in their state and have had a lot of success. Uh, there's some breweries uh-huh. that have done that three or four times and had very uh-huh. good success. So yeah, we're really focused there. That's where the bu- the bank uh, sees us right now. That could change, right? But with current trends and, and everything that we hear in the market, all of the state guilds that we belong to, uh, the larger conferences, when we sit in those sessions,
1: that's kind of driven us to create that business model for our bank. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, what are different business models you've seen that gets applicants to the target equity number?
0: So the most common uh, business structure is going to be, A combination of you know personal cash so the primary principles may have person personal cash saved up over years or um, you know it may be uh, a small portion is coming from the personal cash and the rest is coming from investors Uh, a majority of our deals are going to be the combination of both Uh, so you have maybe a few two primary principles but then you go out and raise um, equity so uh, what we mentioned earlier is we require 20% equity into the to our startup uh, brewery transactions. Five percent of the equity has to come from our primary principals, meaning you know the people that are going to run the day-to-day operations of the business. The other 15% can be raised from uh, investors, so friends, family, um, minority business associates. Um, that can be raised from outside parties and come in. That is probably the most common model that we've seen in, in the, uh, the structures uh, that we've financed this year. And, you know, other accesses to equity, maybe if the primary principals have a, um, you know, existing uh, 401k or IRA out there, there's a product called a 401k rollover or robs um, that, allows you to access the retirement plan and roll it over into your business if it's a startup. Uh, We don't see too many of that in the business acquisition or in the uh, brewery world. However, it is an option uh, for for our borrowers to access some personal retirement to inject his equity into the business. Scott, anything else? Yeah,
2: yeah, probably a couple more is the applicant. You know, if we have an applicant that still is going to have an outside income, you know, not, driven from the brewery, or a spouse that has an outside income, and they're going to guarantee our loan, then they can actually go out and borrow money against their home. If they have a personal residence, they can get a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan, and they could inject that as equity into uh, the SBA loan, and that is eligible. And then the last one, that's another one that's a little bit, you know, again, SBA lending is a little bit creative, is is the uh, the individuals can get gifts from friends or family so if you have a mom or dad that wants to help out their son or daughter get into the brewery business they can write a check to them for a one-time gift uh, and that could be their equity injection Uh, only thing we require is a letter from those individuals saying this is a gift there is no repayment and uh, a copy of their two months of bank statements of where they wrote that check from and that is eligible under SBA guidelines
1: great okay Let's, uh, let's pull back for a second. Uh, big picture question, uh, 40,000 foot view of craft. You guys see lots of business plans, you follow the industry closely. Uh, we've likely crossed the 7,000 brewery mark uh, as we speak. What's your crystal ball tell you about the models uh, that will most likely succeed as the number of breweries continue to grow in the future?
0: Yeah, that, that's an interesting question, and, and I think Scott kind of touched on it before on, on how we we're building the portfolio within our bank is, you know, we we believe that uh, the um, taproom-driven uh, breweries that have local distribution and that are owning their, their town and, or their market, that's their primary focus. You know, we believe that that's going to be a sustainable business model. Um, you know, for the future. And that is why we, that's our our focus when we're looking at um, lending into the craft beverage industry. Um, So I would say that's probably, you know, our crystal ball is, you know, we, we, the larger breweries, we've seen it in the statistics that their growth has slowed, Um, you know, the the overall growth is slowed, but theirs has slowed more than, than the others. So, you know, the smaller, more local breweries is, you know, where we see the, the, the industry going. Scott, anything else you'd like to add?
2: I think, you know, interesting for me when I first got into this financing this industry, I didn't know a whole lot about it and and really was educated and, and took a long time to get my bank comfortable with the first transaction. But then to look, you know, look out 10 years later and see how well these companies work with each other, right? So there's Whereas other industries, you know, they compete with each other, and they don't want another restaurant on the corner if you're a restaurant owner because it takes away from your business. Versus the breweries, how well they work together—the more the merrier—and it seems to just bring more people and more activity to these these areas, uh, and giving folks people, and they and they all seem to win. And so that's one thing I think is very unique in this industry. I've financed a lot of industries in my career and the majority of them look at anybody else as competition. And a lot of these folks that are are doing kind of the model we're looking for don't feel that way. Uh there's there's strength in numbers and it brings more folks out
1: uh to that area and then they all seem to win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> probably the m- most nerve-wracking phase for people planning a brewery launch is finding the money uh, on acceptable terms uh, or existing breweries as they've proven uh, their, their appeal to local consumers and are looking to expand. Uh, now it's time to do so, but on uh, uh, acceptable terms. Um, hopefully today's show uh, provided insight into how this may be accomplished. And thanks a lot, Rick and Scott, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Sure. And to listeners, um, remember uh, to check our upcoming podcast schedule. And uh, this is going to be listed there so um, others can pick it up at a convenient time. Or you can, uh, if you didn't happen to catch the entire show, you can come back and see it, uh, listen to it later. So until our next show, uh, make sure to support your local breweries. Thanks again, Rick and Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
2: plus.